0: Welcome to Sharing Socks on Southside Socks, as we get a little alliteration in the show, a little more. I'm Lee Allen, the duty geezer at Southside Socks, and I'm here along with my son, Will Allen. Together, we have been doing this cast on uh, another site for a while, but it's our first time here, where we plan to annoy you uh, pretty much every Wednesday uh, for the rest of your life, uh, or until... The end of electricity, whichever may come first in here. Uh, obviously, there are big things to talk about on the Sox right now uh, with the Rick Renteria situation and the search for a new manager. But 1st would we'll take a quick delve, I think, into uh, what's going on in baseball, which is, which is, of course, the playoffs. Will's wearing a Dayton Dragons hat. The Dragons are not in the playoffs. I should point out he lives in Los Angeles, so he's very close to being able to go down to uh, San Diego and watch the uh, American league. But of course he couldn't do that. Even if he went down to San Diego, so it doesn't matter. Uh, I know we both joined the millions and millions of baseball fans who are anti Houston because of the cheating scandal, which we'll come up in a later conversation here. Uh, already down three zip. It's been kind of an amazing series down there.
1: Yeah, I mean, for, well, first off, I just want to point out my background this week is the White Sox-Rays game that only 974 people attended. Very um, good social distancing. <laughs> very good. So we, we didn't even have a problem with the distancing thing a few years ago. Uh, yeah, Tampa Bay looks amazing. Amazing. Their pitching staff is just ridiculous ridiculous. I, you know, I don't know why I even doubted them at all at the beginning of this, but I think they're going to knock Houston out in the next game. And that, that series is as good as over. And honestly, you know, the Dodgers here not looking so great. Uh, So we could actually end up with, uh, I think the White Sox are the most fun team in baseball, but numbers two and three are definitely Tampa and Atlanta. So we could have a pretty fun world series.
0: The only thing that I think has not been fun about the playoffs, a lot of the games have been very tight and this goes over all the playoffs. As you know, I'm a, gee, do we have to have a game that's nothing but homers and, and uh, strikeouts. Now that was not the case last night, um, but through the course of for this, the, the playoffs, there's been an awful lot of nothing but solo home run type games with 10, 15, I guess not 15, 12, 13 strikeouts on each side. It's a boring game. It's exciting in playoffs because it's all or nothing kind of thing. But over the course of a season, I just think it's suicidal for Major League Baseball to continue the slow, slow suicide, but suicidal. And that they really need to unjuice the ball. So that swinging for the skies with your big launch angle does not become such a desirable thing to do. And people actually hit the ball, run around the bases, people try to throw them out, all that kind of exciting stuff. I mean, at this point, if you switched
1: back, we would have a season of dudes hitting 150 uh, as they try to unlearn their launch angle swings.
0: And <laughs> look at what's happening. And, and, and with all this coaching change, I hope whoever comes in as manager gives at least serious consideration to or probably does keep Frank Mendicino because – I think he's gotten the socks thinking in broader ways than just let's smash it out of here. A lot of the guys, particularly with two strikes now, are going opposite field, and they're using the whole field. And that makes the shift rearrange itself. People, If, if you don't have the shift on, those 150 averages become 240, and, and the 220s become 280, and we have real baseball. And your way you get rid of the shift is to beat it. Yeah, and I know there was a, a study done several years ago. Five thirty-eight did it. Um, that people hit worse trying to, going against the shift than with it. But that's because it was accidental. If they right. if they hit the if they hit to the opposite field, they didn't score as well as if they tried to just barrel through the shift, particularly lefties. That, that's because those were kind of foul balls.
1: Yeah, and
0: yeah. as a consequence, were either slow bouncers or, or just up-in-the-air type fly balls. If you're actually trying to go through there, you've learned how to hit there, which, look at Tim Anderson. Look at what he does. Yeah. Um, I mean, and we've the, seen the, a fair amount of that in the playoffs, uh, particularly from Tampa Bay. Oh,
1: yeah. I mean, Tampa Bay also is just, with the exception of somehow a Rosarena who has become the new Barry, Barry oh me, It's amazing,
0: it's, yeah, but without without the steroids. Yes,
1: yeah, true. Yeah. Uh, Tampa Bay is not exactly made up of a bunch of sluggers. Um, They're a team that, I mean, everything Tampa Bay is doing is really sort of the opposite of what everyone else does, which is why they're, they're so exciting. But to go back to your point about the White Sox, um, Tim is really the example of Brayu a little bit. Madrigal of course has to hit that way because he's not going to hit the ball out of the park. So he's he's got to be your two-strike opposite field guy, which he is, and it, he's amazing at it already, which is really
0: great. Cool. James, McC- James McCann also, although he, he seemed to go away from it this year when he was hitting well, he does that he does the actual uh, choke up on two strikes thing and often does the other one and has a lot of success with that or had until he seemed to forget it.
1: Yeah, definitely. And unfortunately, McCann is not someone we're probably going to be analyzing much longer. No, Um, no. But I think uh, I I think you're right that until there's something changed with the ball, you're just going to see strikeouts and home runs. And the other thing is, you know, it's all because of launch angle. Like these pitchers, they, they don't mess up much. And now when they do mess up, they're getting punished with a solo home run instead of a base hit or a double. Uh, that's why you have so many solo home runs going, but you know we're seeing a, a level of pitching. Yeah, home runs are certainly more than they've ever been before, but I'm not convinced that people are actually hitting better um, because the the pitching is just phenomenal right now. I mean, I don't I don't know if you watched Tampa Bay's game yesterday, but oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, the first pitch that Castillo threw at the end of the game was just like I. I couldn't wrap my head around how anyone could ever hit that pitch. So you got to hope that a guy is going to mess up. And if you have the right launch angle, that mess up might turn into a run instead of a single.
0: It is arguable. And I, I've seen this written about before that changing the ball, deadening the ball, you know, going back to what it was two years ago. I mean, just making a regular baseball is insufficient to, solve the game entirely because you also have to do something uh, that lessens what the pitchers can do, either in speed or in movement. And it was interesting, uh, a kid, uh, it wasn't even a graduate student, just a regular student at at a university down south. I kept the article and I forget about him. I'm sorry not to mention you because you did a good job. Uh, Put different weights of baseballs. He took college pitchers and slightly varied the weight of the baseball. Nothing else. I'm not sure how he did it, but he did. And it there's a small but within baseball significant difference with small additions in weight. Hmm. Now he had half an ounce to, to the baseball, and now the 95 mile an hour fastball is 90. So now the hitters are more capable of, of dealing with it. You have to compensate for that because a slightly heavier ball has less wind resistance. I mean, there are there are many ways. I yeah, I think yeah. what you do, you go down here, you come to Chicago, you go down to Fermi Labs to the accelerator, and, <laughs> or uh, you're wearing a Dayton Dragons hat and Dayton uh, at Wright Pad Air Force Base. There are guys who are brilliant about wind resistance and, and movement. I, uh, back when I was a columnist, they interviewed some of them. It's just wonderful what they know about all kinds of wind these guys could figure it out for you. And I bet a bunch of them are baseball fans that would do it.
1: (laughs) True. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't love that idea. I don't, I don't really want the speed taken off the ball. I don't really want the movement taking off the ball. I'm a pitching fan though. That's the thing. Like I, I love seeing pitchers dominate. Um, But unfortunately because of the speeds and the movement, You've, you've really got to go the launch angle route because stringing together four base hits is going to be really,
0: really hard. Which is not the topic we plan to be discussing at all as we get into this. We better move over. Obviously, the huge news in the White Sox world is the departure of Ricky Renteria. And much to my wonderment and glee, the departure of Don Cooper, um, it was time for Cooper. I mean, coop has been... Not very good for probably since the length of the seven-year itch, Uh, around 2010-2012. It just, White Sox pitching did not measure up. People who came in got worse. People who left got better, that kind of thing. Anyhow, they're gone. And the deal right now is what we look for in a manager. I I wrote a piece this morning uh, that begged uh, Red Hahn not to make it A.J. Hinch or Alex Cora. Uh, I don't know how many people care about that. But I, to me, it's just saying we don't have any honor if you hire those people.
1: Absolutely. I mean, the reason I'm wearing a Dayton Dragons hat today is because there's no way A.J. Hinch or Alex Cora are going to be coaching the Dayton Dragons next year. Uh, yeah, if we uh, if we go for, for Hinch or Cora, I mean, I'm – completely against that idea they're they're obviously good managers they're successful managers what Hinch did with the Astros was amazing although that's all tainted and I I just don't want to bring in a guy who's going to distract our you know where where all that media is going to distract our young players and young players get distracted easily and we got a lot of young guys and they're not going to necessarily rally behind an A.J. Hinch or, or or Cora because they don't have any connection to him other than Keichel. So there, there's no like, oh, we'll reunite him with his guys and then it'll all be good. No, I, I, I think it's a huge mistake to go with either of them. Just for the game of baseball, it's just a bad sign. You You've got so much good going on in Chicago. Everyone is excited about this White Sox team. Even guys who aren't White Sox fans are excited about this White Sox team. And then you're going to immediately go and put a target on all their backs. And that is the stupidest thing you could do.
0: People boo Houston every time. that Well, when there were fans, people boo Houston. People online boo silently Houston. Everybody hates the Astros because of what they did, and then you want to go into the dumper with them. There's so many choices out there, many of them excellent, and you do that. You e. no sense. We don't know that he's going to do that. He didn't
1: hire AJ Hinch yet, uh, but his his quote was a little little yeah. <laughs> that he said he. Uh, yeah. I, I th- think it's
0: also an insult to the players. I, I think you're telling your team. We don't really think you can win unless you cheat. (laughs) Well, I
1: think if you bring in Cora, you bring in Hinch, you are bringing them in under the assumption that there will not be cheating.
0: Um, Yeah, they will be closely watched.
1: Yeah, and uh, I just don't see a world where Hinch and Cora try to pull any of that crap again. So for me, it's not so much about the risk of cheating. Um, You know, these White Sox guys are – they're not going to go for that. And, but the, the big issue for me is just putting that totally unnecessary target on all these young guys backs early in their careers that has nothing to do with them. I mean, you're going to get guys throwing at Luis Robert for something that, you know, was going down when he was 11 years old. Not really, but <laughs> he was, he was, a he was, you know, A youngin when this was all coming into shape, so he still is a youngin. Um, But yeah, he it it would just be a a disastrous decision, I think, in so many ways. And I know a lot of people disagree with that, Um, and they can at me on Twitter, come at come at me and my six followers uh, as hard as you want. But I'm I gotta say it, it, it will it will hurt inside if they hire one of those two guys this early and a lot of people online are saying well should AJ Hinch never be able to manage again that seems harsh and I saw a great response to one of those where a guy said there is a huge area between unwillfully unemployed and manager of a major league baseball team where AJ will be able to find some work and live a perfectly satisfying life we don't have to worry about him.
0: Somebody reacted. Uh, one of the responses to my open letter to Ricana, begging him not to, to hire one of those two, said, uh, "Well, you should have sent one to uh, Jerry Reinsdorf about Tony LaRusso, and who has his own scandal. Gosh, LaRusso's got so much garbage. But uh, most very recently, uh, Jack McDowell is saying the White Sox cheated back in the 70s uh, when uh, LaRusso was the manager." My, well, I just, I didn't include LaRosa because I think it's a joke. It's not going to happen. Uh, uh, you know, I know he and Jerry Reinsdorf uh, have been friends ever since they they got together and helped run Abe Lincoln's campaign. Uh, but, my goodness, talk about over the hill. <laughs> yeah,
1: that, that's not going to happen. I mean, if if you're going to get rid of Renaria because he's not, as well-versed in, in statistics, baseball, then you're, you're not going to go with La Russa who is even more old school and will butt heads with the energy of these young Chicago players. I, I think La Russa is just, that's a, I think something that just
0: started in the, the Twitter sphere and has, I think Bob, Bob Nightingale likes it. Nightingale's the guy who, uh, who Jerry talks to. I guess the only person in the earth that Jerry talks to. Uh, but Nightingale is also, I don't know which percentage of being right on things is, but I, I, I don't think it would earn him a shot in the major leagues if, if he hit it the same way that he does on accuracy of predictions. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I certainly hope it's not LaRousse either, but I, I, I just don't take that one seriously. Question is who should we take seriously? I like Sammy Alomar, uh, Sandy Alomar Jr. Sandy, and that's Alomar. not a. He's the only guy. He's the guy. But I just think he's got the right background all the way around. You know, all those years with with uh, Terry Francona, who is super, um, and with pitcher development, even. You talked about the the A's. Uh, the Rays certainly do a brilliant job of, of bringing in young pitchers. So do the Indians. Uh, and somebody from one of those kind of teams that are so good at, at developing, and not just in the minor leagues, obviously, because the manager's not going to have an, an influence there beyond spring training, uh, but within the majors, getting people better instead of watching them gradually get worse, which is on the pitching front, which we seem to see a lot of with the White Sox in the last few years, and we need to get rid of. Um, boy, I, I I just like Elmer. But there, there are others. I mean, it, it, somebody responded to mine does our new manager have to be a catcher? No. I mean, there's no reason why that has has to be the case. Um, well, did you but see I think it does, Steve Stone's tweet
1: about, you know, his sort of vague tweet about who he wanted to do it? And he he says, you know, we need someone probably a catcher, somebody who's got championship experience. Uh, and I don't, I I can't tell if he's talking about Sandy Alomar Jr. Or if he's joking about getting AJ Pierzynski. <laughs> um, but I don't hate the idea of AJ Pierzynski. And I know that that is crazy. And so many people don't like AJ Pierzynski, but you know, I love AJ Pierzynski. And the, the only thing about Pierzinski is he comes from an era that is not as stat heavy. And I know they're looking for someone who's, who's doing a bit more moneyball. Um, but I, I don't hate the idea of AJ Pierzinski. You talk about a guy who can get fired up, get a yeah, he, he would
0: set a record. For ejections by a rookie manager. <laughs> so well, he only gets probably by
1: the end of May. One year, because he'd get ejected 162 times, and they would say, "You just can't come back, dude." Uh, once he punches the first umpire.
0: I I I don't feel, and I and I wrote this that the manager himself has to be deeply immersed in data. Yeah. The team has to be these days. You're, you're in big trouble if you're not. But a bench coach, I mean, some people have two bench coaches, a, a statistical, somebody needs to be. Somebody needs to well, present this. Coach, the pitching coach does need to be.
1: I mean, that's pretty clear from, you know, I'm a, I'm a big theater guy. Uh, and if you look at the Chekhovian subtext of Dallas Keuchel and Luke, the way Lucas Giolito have been talking about it, it's pretty clear that they need someone, that they really want someone to come in. They were not really sad about Coop at all. And they want someone to come in who's going to have a lot more of a modern-day take on pitching. And I think having a pitching coach that's into the analytics a little bit more is is great. And that would allow you to not have to have a manager who's necessarily as well-versed in it. But chances are they're going to
0: be looking for a manager who is um i mean i just look at it let's say any other form of life the the administrator of a hospital doesn't need to be able to perform surgery he just makes has to make sure there's somebody there who can, who yeah. can advise how we set up this room in order to get it done properly um i mean it's fine if the manager is analytical but I, I i don't think it has to be speaking of pitching coaches i thought what an interesting move would be of course we know the one coaching success we really know about the pitching front is Lucas Giolito's high school coach. uh, who he went back to see after his miserable 2018 and suddenly became one of the best pitchers in the game. So I looked it up. I figured it was just some old guy who coaches high school and has been doing it 35 years. This guy, Ethan Katz, I never saw the name, it was always he went back to see his old high school coach. His name is Ethan Katz. He is now an assistant pitching coach for the Giants. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I think it'd be—I think it'd be really. I mean, certainly the new manager, and I think this is one of the failures of the White Sox system has been managers came in with no power to, yeah, name their own coaches, especially Cooper, and, and that settled uh, Ventura and and Renteria both. The new manager has to make all those choices, but <laughs> I think Ethan Katz would be a really interesting person for him to look at, uh, because he did wonders for Giolito. Uh, I guess since he's not working for another team, he can't be sent, can't send cease to him to get some help or Lopez, (laughs) um, a younger guy. Uh, so a younger attitude, not just on analytics, uh, but more able to communicate perhaps, uh, with players. It doesn't have to mean it's 25, but somebody who's maybe not on Medicare yet, um, would have a better communication system with the pitchers. Uh, so another thought out there.
1: I mean, I think that's a, a really interesting option to explore. Why, why not? That, that is the exact opposite of Cooper. Um, I, I think that could be a really, really cool thing to explore. It's just stealing him from the Giants. I I don't know what that would look like. Uh, it wouldn't be a problem. problem. Well, he's an
0: assistant. So I, I don't yeah. think when you give a promotion, it's considered stealing at all. It's not – yeah. the same. Now, when we're looking at the manager candidates, I you know, you've got all these successful managers these days. Look at the ones who are in the playoffs. Everyone that I looked at uh, is under contract for at least one more year. Uh, in some cases, I think Craig Council just signed a five-year extension with Milwaukee, for example. Yeah, uh, Five-year extension uh, in Tampa Bay. So you are stealing it. It's not unheard of Steal a manager who's on contract elsewhere, but it's not good form. Uh, not good form. To,
1: yeah, yeah, I've heard work. a lot of people talking about going after Kevin Cash, and it's just not going to happen. That's not realistic, especially with how good the Rays are right now. Um, I don't think we're in the market for taking anybody who's under contract. Just doesn't seem likely to me.
0: Yeah, no, nah, I, 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 no, I don't buy it, either, but. The, the assistant, uh, to a guy who's done a brilliant job, the bench coach, uh, uh, pitching coach can become a manager for that matter. But, uh, people who have shown the ability to develop young players who have reached the majors, but need another step in order to achieve excellence, and particularly on the pitching front, of course, but even for our guy, even our hitters, our hitters are not perfect. Uh, and several of them uh, could, could, could use a little help here and there and get improvement and, uh, and, and just in team play. So it's going to be an interesting thought. I, I can't imagine doing anything. I think it's just kind of an unwritten rule at the very least. You don't do anything until after the playoffs are over.
1: Where's the, uh, where's the petition we signed to get rid of Han first? <laughs> Can we get rid of Han first and then have someone else make these decisions? It, yeah, well, it'll be
0: an interesting Yeah, I, I mean, I look... It It's always fun to dump on the front office. And certainly, goodness, the White Sox have given enough reasons to dump on the front office in recent years. I look at Han as kind of a boy. He's made some really good ones. And he's made some really bad ones. And I guess that just makes him typical. Well, yeah, I and mean,
1: typical doesn't win a World Series. <laughs> You can't have the typical guy. You can't be like, oh, how they play this year? Yeah, typical. Um, it, that's just not how you win the World Series. So I I would be thrilled to see Han go. I didn't like actually getting rid of Renteria. I, getting rid of Coop made total sense for me. And I would have found an assistant that is a lot more well-versed in the analytics side of the game. But, I, you know, people are, are crapping on Renteria for looking him. Yeah nervous during the game and like being hunched over and they're saying, you know, he, he wasn't there in the moment. He managed those games horribly. Don't get me wrong about that. He managed them horribly, but being, showing that nervousness, showing that excitement, that's not a bad thing to me. That is a guy who's got his first shot in the playoffs. He really wants to win. He's trying really hard. That to to me is not a negative sign. That, to me, is this guy cares so much. Um, and he made a ton of mistakes. I, I get why he's gone. I just don't like that he's gone. Coop makes total sense.
0: I, yeah, I, I was I'm was very neutral on, on on Ricky. I liked him in a lot of ways. Felt, you know, you could improve here and there in, the, in, in a lot of ways as well. I, I do feel sorry for these now consecutively through bringing teams out of utter despair up to competitiveness, uh, and each time he gets dumped. Um, but maybe, I guess, he, he could probably make a career out of that. There are a lot of teams so, <laughs> that he can go to do the same thing, just be known as the guy. <laughs> they make the Hall of Fame, bring him out of the dread, out of
1: that the gutter uh, manager. The way baseball works now, where you just kind of commit to a rebuild, that's a job. <laughs> Hiring the guys that's going to get you to the good team—that is a job in Major League
0: Baseball now. So, do you have do you have names that uh, we haven't mentioned yet that are that are your favorites to look for on the managerial front? Um,
1: no. I mean, Sandy Alomar is is definitely at the top of my list. Um, with AJ as my wild card, I would love to see someone like. Um, Craig Biggio who I know comes from Houston but he comes from a different (laughs) pre-Houston he comes from the Houston of my my previous fandom from childhood Uh, just a guy with an outstanding IQ and I love love that he's got a son who's in the game who is I'm sure extremely well versed in analytics at this point um, a guy like that would be be really, really cool. I mean, that would be my dream come true, so that's probably not going to happen. That's not even in the conversation anywhere. Um, but that is my that is
0: my shot in the dark. My my, my Absolutely, it's not going to happen. Not just 99%, but 100% won't happen. Is on more of a scale. Well, that's definitely is, not. The Sox already dumped because he's not su- sufficiently analytical, even though he turned around minor league teams brilliantly again i think if you got the guy next to you who's got the computer going you're okay Um,
1: you can not have that computer in there because if you have the computer in there then you're the astros again
0: no okay it's got it's got a little flip book (laughs) he turns the page and he goes that's a 39.7 percent chance and that's only a 45 before we go though too
1: i want to talk about something that annoys me um I, th- I think the shift cards that people keep in their pockets. I think those need to go. I don't. I don't like the. I don't like looking out at guys in the outfield and they're reading a little pamphlet. I saw team. infielders yesterday. You saw what?
0: Infielders yesterday had, had the little card.
1: And I'm. I, I understand the shift thing. The shift thing is a part of baseball now. Until someone learns how to hit and break it. Um, but I think you should have to know that before you go out there. These pitchers who have these batters coming up, they have to know all of those scouting reports. They have to know all this crap. And then you got these guys with their little cheat sheets. It just looks <laughs> so
0: unbelievably unathletic. And it also it also detracts from the old, as a, as a longtime coach, where, you, where you're in the dugout and you go, <laughs> Left, 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 or
1: back, back, back. It's exciting. Seeing the managers actually have to manage and make corrections based on what people are doing, that should be the game. And if a player messes it up, that's on them. But having this little card, even seeing someone great like Mookie Betts, who's who's amazing, one of the most exciting players in baseball. I love Mookie. But seeing him pull out his little card and read it for a second and then take seven steps over (laughs) – just like come on you guys this this is already a sport where it's challenging for fans new fans to get into it because it's so slow and here we are we got guys reading where we're literally cutting to outfielders reading Uh, that's that's not good for the excitement of the game that's just my tangent I'm sick of the little card and I'm not going to be quiet about it anymore
0: all right well we will have to be quiet for now we can go back and scream again Next week, thank you all for joining us. And, uh, and I hope you enjoyed the first Southside Sox, sharing socks.